This Blitz podcast is brought to you by Bravado Wireless. Available online at bravadowireless.com. This is the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Want to get in the game? Call us up at 918-879-1170. We yep. want to hear from you. Absolutely do want to hear from you. You can also text us anytime at 918-262-5072. It is 714 on this Tuesday drive to work here in the Tulsa Oilers Hockey Studio. I'm Rick Corey along with Bryce Hulse. Now we welcome to our hotline the sideline reporter for the UCF Knights, the team invading Norman this weekend. That is Scott Adams. Scott, thank you for your time this morning. I know it's early. I appreciate you getting up gentlemen welcome from the 407 i gotta tell you rick because this is this does not happen often here in mid-october when you wake up and it's just as cold in tulsa oklahoma as it is in orlando florida here this morning i gotta right. tell you i'm a little little shocked here this morning well you will get a chance to get out of that when you come up here i think <laughs> we're going to have a pretty good weekend what's your high yeah. what's your high today going to be though scott so today it'll probably be, it'll touch maybe the, the low 80s, but I kid you not, Norman is supposed to be warmer at kickoff at 11 Central, 12 Eastern than in Orlando, Florida on Saturday. I never thought I would see that to begin this football season. But hey, here we are. We got a game week coming off the bye, and I know night fans and these night players, they're ready to, to get back to work after that bye week. Yeah, and that, you know, we've got to talk about a couple of things here. And, you know, the, first of all, the trip will be interesting enough, but I got to go back to the Baylor game for a second. I know UCF starts the year with the three straight wins and then drop the Kansas State Baylor and Kansas game. The Baylor game, I got to tell you, Scott, like everybody else, I was watching, and at one point I thought, yeah, this is over. And I tune away. I could not believe what happened. Certainly the Kansas game was difficult. How much or how or was any of that Kansas problem still kind of a bounce back from trying to get over what happened against Baylor no I think I think this has been a culmination there's been a rash of injuries on uh, on both sides of the football and I think what we're also finding out here for UCF and there was going to be a growing process from jumping from the American and now taking on big 12 teams week in week out. And the biggest difference has been those offensive and defensive lines. The lines of scrimmage have been really kind of a, a, a bit of a big a bugaboo here for UCF through these first three games. And you've been able to see how dominant Kansas state was running the football, how dominant Kansas was running the football. And then even Baylor there in that second half. Now I will say that Baylor game, and much like Deion Sanders and his Colorado Buffaloes found out this past week, you play 60 minutes of football. But I, I think that is one of those hiccup games, an anomaly game, that that was a very winnable game. And, and when you looked at the schedule to begin this season, I think as a Knights fan, if you were looking at it realistically, going on the road to play the Big 12 champs to open things up, Kansas State, eh, that's, that's going to be tough. But coming home – and taking on Baylor, I think through these first three games, they thought that would be one of the wins. And then last week on the road against Kansas and the ground game for the Jayhawks, and you got to credit, or two weeks ago rather, you got to credit Dean, who came in from a backup role, played solid football, handed the ball off, and they've they've recalibrated this this past couple of weeks, trying to figure out things defensively and get a couple guys back on the defensive line, including. 
Ricky Barber, who's one of the team captains, who's been sidelined the past three games with a with a groin injury, and he's a heck of a run stuffer, uh, stuffer. So that will be good to get him back, and then a handful of other guys there on the uh, the offensive end, including JRP. John yes, Plummer, yeah, that, that's we wanted to get definitely get into that. We're talking to Scott Adams, he's the sideline reporter for Central Florida, who will be in Norman this weekend as the Sooners take on the Knights. It, you know, we talked about Gus when you joined us um, down at the Big Twelve Media Day, and mm-hmm. you know, we heard a lot about him being a CEO of the program. This time of year, you got to put that aside for just football. What's Gus been like the last couple of weeks? Because I, I know him personally, and he doesn't handle losing terribly well. <laughs> Well, and, and, but he is the, the, the prince of positivity, I will say that, and that's the one thing I've adored about being able to cover Gus Malzahn and his coaching staff and this, this football team is things are as never, they're never as bad as what they seem, and sometimes they're never as good as what they seem, but trying to make sure that he keeps his guys on this, this even keel despite these three losses out of the gates John Rice, he, he tried to give it a go last week. He was cleared physically to play and missed the past couple of football games, and he got out there, and uh, the knee, he took a hit, and it just it didn't feel right. You could tell after being back in there the next two series, especially there down on, on field level, that it was, it was bothering him. And then even Gus said in his postgame after that that he just he felt uneasy, and that's when they had to go and – make the switch and Timmy McLean has been the the quarterback who's who's stepped in for JRP. He has had great moments here thus far for, for the three or four games that he's played in, but it's been some pressurized situation that, that JRP as your your fifth year guy who's played a lot of college football that you want to be able to have on the field. But when it comes when it comes to Gus, I, I think from a defensive standpoint, they definitely use this additional week and as much college football as you have seen, Rick, you know sometimes that bye week, it comes at a, a really, really good time. And this was definitely one of those because they're going to have to make some changes on the defensive end, especially going up against one of the top top offenses in all of college football. And, oh, by the way, oh, hey, it's still in Gabriel week, right? <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah, we'll get into that too. 720 here. Scott Adams, uh, he's the sideline reporter for Central Florida with us here on the Blitz 1170 on this Tuesday drive to work. If you have a question for Scott, you're welcome to text it at 918-262-5072. Bryce? Scott, obviously being in a new conference, you know, every matchup is fun and, and interesting to look at, but do you think this matchup in Norman against OU has been something that's been kind of circled on the calendar uh, for UCF? And, and even just when you think about all, all those stories about Dylan Gabriel and, and facing his old team, or do you think that it's just kind of another game? As I have found out here through 20 years of, of, of working with, with UCF and just knowing players and their minds, this game is bigger to UCF fans in terms of just the, the storyline there with, with, with Dylan Gabriel and going to Norman and the pageantry that surrounds that. Don't get me wrong, as a football player going in front of a crowd of 87,000 and knowing a little bit of the history, yeah, you're going to get jazzed up for something like that. But I think going into this game, this is the circle game that many Knight fans had, just one, being able to go to that destination because with a new conference comes the ability to go and see new, new, new venues, new fans, and this has definitely been one of those, but I think Knight fans have had this one circled. I know that 
competition week in, week out is something that guys strive for. And I'm not just doing it for, for, for coach speak or whatever you want to call it because it's, it's real because I think the, the memories of an 18 to 22-year-old, especially when you're getting ready for the next game, they're, they're very short. You just want to yeah. be able to get back out on the field and, 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 and try to – try to make amends for, for what had happened from the week prior in this situation. Yeah, I don't think I, those guys don't know. And, and in, in today's portal situation anyway, with the guy, way guys move around, I just don't think it matters as much. A couple right. more minutes here with Scott Adams, the sideline reporter for UCF. Again, if you have a question, 918-262-5072. Got a question about how different this offense is and this team overall with John Rice Plumley. We've seen Oklahoma State go with three quarterbacks and they settle into Alan Bowman and suddenly kind of everything got better for the Cowboys. How much better is Central Florida with him under center? Hey Rick, I'm telling you, if he's able to play this entire football game, the Knights, the Knights will be competitive and who's to say what could happen on a Saturday. He is that he is that much of a difference maker, not just his play on the field and his ability to run the football. Now he yesterday after his press conference, he said, I'm again I'm hundred percent. I'm if I'm not hundred percent, I'm pretty near and close to it. He's going to have that brace on that knee, and he's going to test it. And if he can run the football the way we see John Rice run the football, not just at UCF last year, but when he was at Ole Miss, and he's, he's, got, he's just got next-level speed and his ability to run that RPO is going to be a, a huge difference maker. So when he's on the field, it is by far his best chance at no, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. But you also have to have that offensive line yeah. give them a little help as well. Since you've taken a look, and I'm sure, at Oklahoma and what they have done in this really impressive start, where do you see best and worst matchups for you, Central Florida? Well, you see it's coming into this game as the top rushing offense still in, in the Big 12. Now, past couple of games, that's kind of dropped down a, a, a little bit. But overall, UCF still has the ability to run the ball, and they're going to get creative with bringing guys, uh, you know, Xavier Townsend is one guy. You still have R.J. Harvey, who's kind of the, the, the bigger back, but also is able to make that one cut and, and move down the field. I think then they're going to want to try to run the football right out of the gates here, and then that's going to be able to give them some pockets to throw some more vertical shots to Javon Baker along with Kobe Hudson, who two those guys right now here, they're in the, the – the top five, top ten of receivers in terms of yardage thus far in the Big 12. These are guys, high-skilled athletes that, that came from other places, Auburn and Alabama. UCF has, has got the speed. You've been able to see that. It's, it's the trenches and the ability to hold the point of attack, the line of scrimmage, be able to, to push guys off the football. And so for, for that's what I'm most curious about because you come in here against uh, an Oklahoma team who – by many accounts, now the Texas game obviously was as impressive as it was. Was the schedule as difficult, perhaps, coming to that point? No, but they're winning the games, and you put the schedule together, and you can only play the, the team that's, that's in front of you. So I think UCF's rush offense is going to be the key for, for the Knights there, obviously, on, on the offensive end. Now, what they try to do against Dylan Gabriel and him being able to fling the football around the yard that's going to be the the real question and you know i you know the knights have, have played in again at different guys through different years they played in new year's bowl game scenarios yeah. and being in front of almost ninety thousand. i don't really think that's going to bother them do you 
No, Rick, I'm telling you that the past two venues that you see us going to, that's Kansas City going to Manhattan, and that was one of the, the it's like, that's the biggest thing with the Big 12. You're going to go into every one of these opposing venues right here. You know, they're 55, 60,000, but they're passionate fans and they're loud. And that was one of the best atmospheres the night that played in in terms of regular season game, I'd say, outside of the Boise State game earlier this year. And then you probably have to go back to Cincinnati uh, and within the conference game over the course of the past uh, couple of years because you've, you've known how good these two teams have been in the American, really being able to to to, to be uh, part of the conversation when it comes to those New Year's Six games. It was the class of the AAC was UCF and, and Cincinnati. I don't think that the atmosphere is going to have any sort of issue. I think it's execution to this point has been the biggest issue because I don't think that the Knights have played their best half of football just yet on the season. In the end of the day, is Gus, is this kind of a, you know, for Gus Malzahn, this final question before I ask you to, to help us kick off a brand new feature. For Gus Malzahn, it, it kind of felt like to me that it was his, I'm going to go prove I can do this position. You know, Kevin Wilson has said about coming to Tulsa that he kind of felt like he wanted to take one more chance to prove something, you know, and, and so this was his opportunity. I wonder if Gus feels that way about Central Florida. He's, he's seen, I mean, I had, I had a nice visit with him at Big 12. Seems to love it there. But he's been at Auburn. He's been at the big program. I'm not saying this is not a big program. It's not the SC. It's not Auburn. It's just that it, it kind of seems to me like this is Gus's, all right, this is where I'm going to prove it, and this is where I'd like to stay. Do you feel that way from him? Without question, without a doubt. I mean, he has embraced this community, him and him and Miss Christie have absolutely adored Orlando. I think the community has a large and Knights fans, for the most part, you always know about the crazy 15% fringe fans that you see on Twitter that are making feel as if the world is, is crumbling before you. That's, that's not the case with, with the 80% of people that have, that have been able to experience Gus Malzahn here through the first two and a half seasons of football. And, He's, he's been able to be a little bit more carefree, and I think that CEO role helps helps do that because he's able to take care of a lot of those other things that, that now have to, to do with, with college football in terms of NIL uh, and just recruiting guys. You guys may or may not know this is one of the top going to the 24 recruiting cycle is currently rated as one of the top two in the Big 12. You get a couple more of these cycles from one year to the next, and you're going to be competing, you know, within that 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 echelon of one through five here. Once Oklahoma and Texas leave, UCF is going to be in the mix, um, you know, as long as they continue to get these types of recruits, the four-star recruits that they're getting right now, at least right now on paper, because nothing's ever written in stone until those national uh, letter of intents come mm. through, but. I, I think that he's got a pretty good grasp on what's going on in college football and is able to navigate and and uh, put UCF in a pretty good situation, especially being the the largest school in the nation in terms of the enrollment that is coming through on a on a year to year basis. So yeah. a, again, this is a very young school, 1963, the youngest um, Power Five school in the nation. So. Coming, coming this far in this little time has been pretty pretty cool to see. Yeah, with a history of really good coaches. All right. Thank you for listening to this exclusive Blitz 1170 podcast from Bravado Wireless.